Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Tyler Davenport here. I was about ready to wonder if that music was ever going to run out. Uh, we are on Alternative Public Radio International tonight, and I am looking at Facebook here <laughs> and uh, just ran across a post where a girl uh, was arrested for pinching a boy's butt at Longwood School. Uh, it's a misdemeanor battery charge, which is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, 12-year-old girl arrested for pinching boys' butt at Longwood School. You can look this up yourself. It is real. Uh, I think arresting her was a little bit too much, uh, if you ask me. Uh, but, you know, things are getting crazy, and they're going to get even crazier as we go along here. Uh, wanted to come on tonight. Can't believe all of the hookers that are posting on my pages. It's just uh, maddening trying to get me on Skype to look at their nude photos and send them money. Uh, it's like one after the other attacking me here. I don't know what I've done wrong or right or what I've done at all, but uh, it's just amazing to see all of these women I could get involved with if I was so inclined and so stupid and foolish to do so. Uh, you know, I'd be sending what little money I had on my debit card out to all these women. Uh, it's amazing. The men that are doing that around the world and uh, losing all of their money on Social Security checks and so forth and pensions and whatever, sending it to these uh, crookster women. Uh, got a lot of background noise in the studio going on here and trying to get that kind of calmed down. You know, it is strange that... Um, the sex, sex, sex on, on, on social media. It's everywhere. Uh, talk show host was arrested a while back for 
talking about the legal age of sex. I don't know about that whole story, but I know he was arrested for mentioning that the legal age of sex should be 15 or something. And next thing you know, he is arrested and all of his computers are taken along with his friends and producers and co-producers. Yes, things are getting really bad. I keep telling people the police are coming for you if you're on Facebook and you're anti-government at all or if you fall into one of the categories of an activist or a militant, uh, what the government might call a militant, um, a dissident, um, a heretic, uh, whatever. They are coming for you at some point in time, and if they don't come for you immediately, they definitely have all of your information down pat in order to come for you at some point in time or prosecute you at some point in time or hold that information against you at some point in time. You know, this show is not all about bad, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, If you've ever tuned in before, you know that we do talk a lot about good things with good people. Uh, We do talk about what is going on around the world that is good But at the present time, there's just not a whole lot of good going on. There's a whole lot of terrible things happening. And um, we really do need to look at that. We really do need to think about that as much as it's distasteful. And we don't always like to think about the bad things that are going on. We kind of like to curl up in our comfort zones and go to sleep, teepee pie, and uh, kind of ignore the things that are going on that uh, really do affect our lives and will affect our lives uh, at some point in time. Um, I also wanted to bring up uh, something very interesting and dear to my heart. Uh, Planet X, uh, Xena, Planet X, the 10th planet, is showing itself again and has been showing itself for a while. People have said, oh, no, it's sun flare on the lens. It's a Photoshop, et cetera, et cetera. But NASA has recently come out and admitted that uh, this 10th planet does exist uh, and that it is coming toward Earth uh, and it will affect at some point in time the Earth's rotation uh, and trajectory and pathway and so forth and so on. Uh, This could be a cataclysmic event. This could be an apocalyptic event. And from all of the research that I'm doing and all of the folks that I've been talking to, including some very high-level people in government, uh, the Department of Defense, Department of uh, Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, a lot of uh, cosmologists and people out there that study astrophysics, I can tell you that this is real, and I can also tell you that the government is at this time preparing for this cataclysmic event. 2016 is a major number in all of this, 2016 through 2018 is a major uh, number in all of this as to when these things might start happening. Of course, global warming being one of the first signs out that the 10th planet is here and exists. Uh, The government would like for you to think that it's from human endeavor, uh, but in fact, it may not be from human endeavor. It may actually be with all the rising seas and all of the other things that are going on with the earthquakes and volcanoes and the changing weather patterns may actually be caused by this planet X or Xena as it's been named. And I'm all for one to believe that this is actually happening and is actually a reality, call it fear porn or not. I say yes. I say there is a 10th planet and I say it is affecting 
us. You can call it Nabooru. You can call it whatever you want to. But uh, it uh, comes around every 27, 2800 years. Whatever it is, you guys out there know, 3,600 years, whatever it may be, uh, we do have proof in the archaeological, genealogical, archaeological records that this has occurred before and will, in fact, occur again. And ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about just some minor weather modification going on here or some extra tornadoes or some extra hurricanes or earthquakes. We're talking about some major cataclysmic event that is going to change the shorelines uh, on the east and west coast drastically and down near southern Florida will not even exist anymore all the way up into Missouri. Uh, as I understand it, the safest place to be is in the northern Ozarks there in Appalachia. Uh, I've got a map that I'll be posting later on concerning uh, Planet X and what it might be doing to the solar system uh, in our particular region of space, time. Uh, but this is something that all of us need to think about because as I have been studying it, it will start uh, rather slow and build its way up. So we will have time to prepare and we will have time to possibly even survive this. But, and in fact, all of the water will be cut off. All the potable water will go away. Electricity will be nil and void to none. Um, you won't be able to stay warm, nor will you be able to stay cool. Food will not be flowing to the grocery stores. Uh, gasoline pumps will not be available. Uh, so, you know, ambulance and uh, fire department and hazmat and all of that will be down. Hospitals will be overflowing, shutting their doors. So it's going to be a really bad, bad bad time for everyone and I, I you know I think it's about time I think it's about time for a major cleaning here um, don't take that wrong um, we haven't had a major cleaning in a while and I believe that the earth is has its own way of cleaning itself and regenerating itself and this may be one of those ways um, can you imagine the East Coast being buried 200 miles in with, with seawater. I mean, I'm looking at this now, and, and that's exactly what's going to be happening and, uh, in fact, is already starting to happen. Uh, if you can imagine uh, the West Coast, uh, water all the way in 50 miles, 75 miles to 100 miles in here toward Eugene and Lane County all the way back into the Bering Sea coming all the way down into California, 100 miles in, uh, you, you have to be 400 to 600 feet up in order to survive this. And that might not even be uh, good enough. So, uh, oh, I know all of you are going, what the hell is he talking about? This sounds crazy. Well, it is crazy. Uh, it is crazy, and it is a reality, and it is something that probably will happen. And it's something that everyone needs to be prepared for and here we are already having problems. The dollar has collapsed, and our economic situation is so terrible. Uh, we're $25 trillion to $500 trillion in debt. Who knows? You know, who knows? I mean, after $25 trillion, who's, who's counting? Um, we've got so much money invested offshore by these bankers that uh, we really don't know how much money has been stolen from the coffers 
we really do not know how much money is being stolen from the coffers as we speak. And uh, it's an enormous amount of money. It's an enormous amount of fraud going on out there uh, that nothing is being done about. You know, these banks are getting a slap on the hand, maybe a fine of a billion dollars or so, which is nothing to them. Kind of like spanking a child on the hand one time for running out into the street, you know. It's it's insane. Um, I mean, what's the kid going to learn? You know, nothing. What have the banks learned? Nothing except to keep defrauding the people, uh, keep, keep being crooks, uh, keep being criminals, you know. Uh, defraud is the way to go. You know, criminality is the way to go. Screwing the people to the wall is the way to go. Uh, these banksters own Washington, D.C., and those who claim to be senators and congressmen up there and Supreme Court justices are owned uh, and operated by these banksters. So this is going to continue, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who have been asleep watching Dancing with the Stars and Wheel of Fortune and playing these silly games on Facebook, this is coming to a town near you along with the refugees that are still flowing in by the thousands and thousands and thousands. So do we have a problem? Yes, we have a problem. Do we have a lot of airheads on Facebook? Yes, we do have a lot of airheads on Facebook. Uh, what can be done? Well, we could be working locally like we are in our community, doing the best that we possibly can with the resources that we have at our disposal. Um, what else can you do? I mean, what else can you do, really, um, when you stop and think about it? There's really nothing else, unfortunately, that you can do except work locally to build your local area up. And I know that many of you are not doing that. I talk to you, and you're like, well, I'm not. I'm bitching and moaning and griping and complaining all the time on Facebook, but I'm not out in my community doing anything about it. I'm not out there getting my hands dirty and my feet wet, you know. I'm I'm not out there working with the homeless, chronic homeless. I'm not out there working with the abused women. I'm not out there visiting the nursing homes and reading stories to our sweet little old senior citizens. I'm not out there working with the local growers association trying to protect the farmers uh, and the ranchers, local farmers and ranchers and small farmers and ranchers. I'm not out there working with my local boards in my local cities, uh, oh, I'm not doing anything but just playing around on Facebook all day. And, you know, that's not going to solve the problem, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you it's not solving the problem. And uh, for those of you who think Facebook really does get you out there and get you promoted, I know that you, you're you wrong. You're dead wrong, you know. If you have 5,000 friends, 40 people may be looking at your post. Out of 5,000 friends, 45 people may be seeing what you're posting uh, could be as low as 25 people seeing what you're posting, and the rest of them have their walls closed or just don't look at your post or don't care what you're posting. And even if they did care what you're posting, what good is the post doing once they see it, once they regurgitate it? What good is it doing? What what action is that going to spur? So you see here we have a problem. If you multiply this times uh, you know 80 or 90 million people, this is a problem. Um, Okay, yeah, many of you are saying, well, Kyler, you're such a pessimist and all, and you're just pessimistic. And yes, I'm realistic. It's not pessimism. It's realism, folks. I'm an old man here. You know, this is what's been happening 
this is all the things that I've gleaned from my research and my investigations and my experience over time. This is what is happening. I don't need a source anymore. I am the source. I have become the source for information. All of you asking for a source. Well, that source could be no good. That source could be fake. That source could be a false flag. I'm the one that stays here in the studio with my senior executive producer, Miss Marion Pound, and looks at these things and digs behind the scenes to see where these stories come from and if they're legitimate or not, or if I think they're legitimate, then I'll repost them. Yes, I do make mistakes all the time, and yes, I do things just for shits and giggles a lot, and I'll post things from Snoops or from uh, Before It's News or whatever just for shits and giggles because we do need some shits and giggles every once in a while. Um and, you know, folks, it's amazing that you, 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 you don't think about what's going on around the world uh, in, in, in food production, for instance. We were talking last night about food being wasted around the world, you know. And food's not being wasted because people can't grow enough food. Food's being wasted because people can't store enough food. The food is going to waste in the fields and being put in the trash, the trash heaps uh, and the landfills, it's, there's, there's no way to store this food in many of these countries. And I'll mention all over Asia and Africa, uh, China, they have storage problems out in these uh, country areas. They don't have any way to store the food. The roaches and the rodents and the mice and the lice get on it, and it ruins before it gets to market. They don't even have ways to transport their food to market. Uh, you know, we've invented the wheel but can you imagine loading up a cart with five or 600 pounds of fruit on it and trying to drag it to a market? With, I mean, I don't know. You know I, I just can't imagine what these people must be going through uh, when we have all of this technology and all of this science that we're using here in the United States and the more developed countries are using. We should be helping these farmers in these developing countries to do the same thing that we're doing here. And by the way, we could be doing that if it wasn't for government interference and it wasn't for the bickering on the borders, as we say, going on. We could be doing that and helping these folks to grow, not only grow food, but be able to store food and distribute food and uh, be able to join into the marketplace. You know, many of these folks... Uh, Many of these folks live on less than $2 a day, and um, some even less than that, 67 cents a day. Try living on that. See how you like it. Um, of course, you can't comprehend that. You really can't comprehend that because you're here making $9 an hour, $10 an hour, $15 an hour, $25, $35, $45 an hour, $150 an hour, uh, $900 an hour. You really can't fathom. 67 cents a day or two dollars a day you know people say oh well expenses are less over there well whatever you know it's still hard to dig a hole and have to shit in it and find a place of privacy and then have to drink unpotable water uh from rainfall off you know drainage in a ditch somewhere and that's what so many people are doing you know millions of people don't have adequate water supply uh, millions of people don't have adequate sanitation. Millions of people don't have heat and air like you do to switch on the wall 
And some of you might say, oh, well, I don't really care about that shit. That doesn't have any effect on me. Well, yeah, it really does have an effect on you. And by the way, if Planet X comes around the corner here, uh, it's going to have not uh, not just an effect on you, but it's going to have a direct effect on you because you're going to be going through the same damn thing that those folks are going through, and you're going to remember what I said on the show tonight. So, you know, you're going to be having trouble because the switch on the wall doesn't work and the toilet doesn't flush and the doo-doo's piling up in there running over in the floor. I'm not trying to be gross, but I'm just telling you the truth. You know what I'm saying? The shit will be piled up, flowing out into the backyard, and uh, you're going to remember this show, you know? We are at a definite point when these things not just could happen, but will happen. And I promise you they will happen. I promise you they will happen. And uh, I expect for you to get ready and be ready and stay ready. Uh, And as I said earlier in the show, um, you can prepare now, you know, you can start to prepare. There are are areas in the United States just uh, east of uh, the uh, Great Divide that are going to be very safe all the way over to... uh, Beyond Idaho and on, on east, there's going to be a lot of areas that are safe from these uh, inland waters that are coming in via tsunamis and earthquakes and so forth. Now, you won't escape the earthquakes because they're going to be mid, uh, mid-United mid States all the way around. So there's no way you're going to escape the earthquakes. And let me tell you something, folks. These underground cities that are being prepared and have been prepared for many, many years are ready and waiting for the elite, the scientists, the Department of Defense specialists, Department of Department of uh, Justice specialists, the the uh, meteorologists, uh, those working in cosmology and astrophysics and high sciences, um, high intelligence officers with above top secret clearances are all going to be in these bunkers. That's why they've moved or are moving the Central Intelligence Agency Division to Denver, Colorado, uh, because of all the underground uh, openings there in Denver, Colorado that lead to the East Coast. So, you know, we have massive underground cities that span thousands of miles and uh, span thousands of miles and can hold thousands of people. Uh, so these folks are ready to survive two to three years down there in these watertight containers. Once the door is closed, that's it. It's over. I mean, you know, they've got these things reinforced. They're bunkers, beyond bunkers. Uh, and they've spent years and years and years building these things, and they're continuing to build them and reinforce them today. Um, and it's not for you, not the commoner, not the not the common blow Joe on the streets not going to have shelter you're going to be left up here on the surface of the earth to take the butt of the hit. And, of course, they would say that the government officials and the specialists have to have a place to run things from. And they're right. Somebody has to run Somebody has to run things. Even though they're running things in the ground now, somebody's still going to have to run and coordinate things uh, uh, there from underneath the ground in those bunkers. Um but I'm going to make a suggestion to all of you tonight that we're doing up here in the Northwest, and we haven't been very successful at all, we haven't had any help on Facebook doing this, is to start an emergency disaster team and get with six or seven of your neighbors and put together a uh, coalition of specialists who can act in the event of a disaster. Uh, you could put together five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 
25 people in your community. Uh, you need specialists uh, in case of a disaster. You'll need plumbers and electricians. Uh, you'll need paramedics, EMTs, firemen. You'll need uh, former police officers or current police officers who will be at home with their families in the event this should happen. As drastic as it will be, police officers won't be on the job. I guarantee you they'll be home with their families trying to protect them. You need ham radio operators and so forth. Uh, there's some of you that are already doing this that are smart enough and awake enough uh, and, and alert enough to be able to do this. There's others who do not have a clue that any of this is coming down the pike, and you're going to be left uh, with your pants down running around trying to stand up, and you won't be able to stand up because you'll be knocked down by this disaster. So I want all of you to listen to my words tonight and know that this is not an if situation but a when situation. Uh, we're already seeing cataclysmic events all over the world. We're already seeing strange weather patterns happening all over the world. We're already seeing tsunamis and hurricanes, and we've got this fracking going on all over the world that's creating uh, havoc everywhere and, her, and, 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 and creating earthquakes and so forth. So, you know, we're doing a lot of things to the planet ourselves, and then we've got these other external things going on out in space that we uh, have been talking about that, could, that will happen. I'm going to say that will happen. Um, and it may happen sooner than later. You know, that's, that's what we just don't know. We just don't know, okay? There's no way to predict exactly when something like this might occur. But even if that doesn't occur, we've got enough already going on that's so real, uh, it's beyond real, that ought to scare the living shit out of you. If you have half a brain, uh, if you look at our economic situation, uh, just look at our education system, look at our health care system, uh, Look at our infrastructure. Uh, look at all the fraud that's going on within the state governments and city governments and federal governments. Look at all of the things that are happening with our Constitution. Look at all of those things that are happening, our rights and liberties being taken away uh, by this so-called cabal, this, uh, this bankster gangster bunch you know, that's running Washington up there on the Capitol Hill there. Um, I know most of you aren't into any of this. I know most of you could really give a crap about any of this. I know that you're just one brick short of a full load, one French fry short of a Happy Meal, and you really just don't care as long as you get your Dr. Pepper and your Budweiser and your pizza and you watch a little TV and go to bed tonight and sleep warm and nice and dry and safe. But I'm telling you, it's coming. And even if it doesn't come, we still need to work for change. We need to work for change. Because what's already taking place is cataclysmic. What's already taking place is apocalyptic. What's already taking place is beyond shame. And we've let it all happen. And we're letting it all happen. We're continuing to let all of these things happen. 
you know, we're working so hard up here in the Northwest, speaking of local and speaking of doing things local. We recently got a proposal passed to start working with the local nonprofits up here in the Northwest, and uh, we developed something called the Community Action Team here in the Northwest. And the Community Action Team will be responsible for gathering up information and data on nonprofit organizations here in the Northwest and taking them into one spot for everyone to be able to access, like at a shopping mall, taking their flyers and their newsletters and their pamphlets and their brochures and such and handing them out to the consumers who might be coming by to shop and kind of talking to the consumers and kind of getting them interested in local government and how local government works and trying to help them become more self-empowered and more educated and more trained in how to participate in the local situation. This is something that's been needed for a long time, and I hope my producers are listening uh, because they're all young and dumb to some degree, some here. Um, This is something that's been needed for years. And it hasn't taken place because of such a lack of motivation uh, with these boards up here in the Northwest and all over the United States. We have such a lack of interest and a lack of passion and a lack of energy. People just do enough to barely get by, and that's not good enough. That is not good enough. That is not going to make any necessary changes that we can see results, great results from, uh, that's only going to perpetuate the status quo. And that's what most of you are doing, perpetuating the status quo. That's all you're doing, bureaucrats especially. um, Bureaucrats especially, perpetuating the status quo, uh, bogged down in political correctness, uh, you know, bogged down in meeting after meeting after meeting that usually ends up going nowhere uh, or not very far at all or not as far as one would like to see. Things go, things move at a very slow snail pace in this pseudo-democracy that we live in. Things move at a snail pace, and I know that you activists and advocates out there would like to see things move at lightning speed, and I would too. And that would be possible if we could just get other people on board. You say, oh, we might make some mistakes if we're running that fast. Well, we're making mistakes now. Let me tell you, we're not, we're not making enough mistakes, in my opinion, uh, because you learn from your failures. And if you don't learn from your failures, you're going to keep on failing and failing and failing. And that's exactly what's happening now, in my opinion, is uh, we're not learning fast enough from our failures. And we're continuing to make the same old mistakes and get the same old results. Um, But back to this community action team, I think it's going to be a good idea to take the RV out and pull up the canopies and set the tables out and put the brochures and flyers and things in boxes and invite people up to talk to us about local uh, community organizations and nonprofit organizations, critical outreach programs, and let them know you know, what are we doing? Where are we doing it at? 
how are we getting our funding? What type of funding do we need? Do we need volunteers? Are we running any special events and missions, programs, and projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, it's very, very important to get everyone on board with this. It's very important to get everyone's blessing on this. This is not about Kyler Davenport. This is not about Miss Marion Pound. This is not about one or two people on the board. This is about each and every one of us. This is about all of us working together as a team, coming together and coordinating our efforts together to form this wonderful organization we call the Community Action Team, the Mobile Information Unit that will go out into the communities to assist people and empower people and reel people in to the project, to the, uh, to the, to the, to the program, uh, to bring them in to help the wheels of democracy turn a little bit faster and a little bit better. Um, and for those of you who don't like the word democracy, I'm sorry, I'm using it tonight because everyone understands it to some degree. So I'm not going to get anarchist on everyone tonight and start using words that people do not understand. So I'm using the word democracy. Um, but that's what it's all about, folks. That's what we're all about here at Alternative Public Radio International uh, is education and training and self-empowerment, trying to bring people up and out of their comfort zones and letting them know that they have a powerful voice uh, in the system, letting them know that their voices count uh, with people who care. We're trying to put the voices that count with the people who care, and that is a job in itself. To put those two variables together is not an easy thing to do. I will tell you that right now. Because just because someone raises their voice and has a need doesn't mean that there's going to be someone on the other end to receive it and do anything about it. We all know this from dealing with bureaucracies and dealing with red tape. So we also act as consumer advocates, and that's something that we've been doing for a long while now, is acting as consumer advocates for folks who are in need, uh, that special population of folks that need some assistance in getting a foothold in the system, as we call it. And uh, we need more activists and activists, and we need more information specialists working with us and consumer advocates working alongside of us we will train them, we will teach them, we will encourage them uh, to help us help others. And that's really what it's all about. And we run the gamut from, like I said, local farmers uh, to education to health care to the mental health divisions in the Northwest, uh, working with many different cities and municipalities trying to put the puzzle together. That's what it's all about. This is a massive puzzle up here, as it is all over the United States. It's a puzzle, and our job is to piece that puzzle together uh, part by part, piece by piece, until we can start to see a picture. And when we start to see a picture, we can celebrate. Uh, until then, it's just a puzzle dumped out on the table uh, where you cannot discern or distinguish what it is. And our job is to put that puzzle together and bring those pieces together to make some sense um, and semblance of normalcy 
it's it's something that's drastically drastically needed now what has happened to all of the activists and advocates i do not know have they drank the kool-aid have they taken the red pill or the green pill or whatever pill have they inhaled too many chemtrails uh have they taken in too many toxins and poisons and vaccines and gmos i don't know i really don't know but i know the energy has has dwindled uh, you know, the energy's been drained out of the bathtub, so to speak. The water's been drained out of the bathtub. I really do not understand where all the passion has gone since the 1980s, uh, 1970s, 1980s, whenever I was an activist, and uh, we were just gung-ho, ready to go, day and night. You know, just give me a cause, and I'll go take care of it. And I mean, I will take care of it. But nowadays, people feel so so disempowered. I was going to say disemboweled. That's probably a good word, too. Disemboweled, disempowered. Uh, they, they feel so separated from the system, so, so divided from the system. Uh, and many of them don't even know what the system is or what it does or how it functions. And this is a very sad thing. This is a very, very sad thing when people don't even know how things work anymore. So they just sit back and let things happen around them, you know. Um, we might have a clip or two tonight to play for you. I'm not sure. My executive producer's writing me a letter here, a note rather, not a letter, <laughs> and letting me know something here might be coming up to play. Uh, and it may be something way off subject, and then again, it may not be. I'm going to look at this note here. I'm so thankful you all tuned in tonight. We have a wonderful show. We've got a lot of wonderful shows coming up. Um, yeah, let's play the prepper. Uh, yeah, let's play that. We're going to play a clip, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what it is. I'll just surprise you. Let's have some fun tonight. Let's have some fun tonight. Here we go. Thank you. 
that was a general song. I don't know what the hell happened with that or how we got it. We got this prepper thing coming up here. If we can possibly get it uh, overloaded, uploaded, downloaded, or whatever they have to do to it here to get it in the system to make it play right. You know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I was just outside my door here in the great northwest looking for uh, chaos, and I didn't find any because we're in the woods and we're in the mountains, and I hope we're going to stay here because of all the high water that I think might be coming from this catastrophic event if it should happen, when it should happen. I keep saying if because I really hope it doesn't happen, but I really think from all of the information that I'm getting from top brass that it is going to happen. I don't think the government would be spending uh, trillions of dollars on bunkers and uh, subway systems and all of these other uh, things, preparatory things. Uh, too many, too many things are going on for this not to happen. So uh, that's a good indicator for those of you who want to get out there and study Planet X and look at Xena and find out a little bit more about this tenth planet. So we're going to go ahead and play this prepper. Peace, and uh, we'll be right back with you. This is Kyler Davenport on APRI. Feds charge three men accused of prepping for martial law. This is interesting. Rally, North Carolina. Three North Carolina men fearing a government takeover and martial law stockpiled weapons, ammunition, and tactical gear while attempting to rig homemade explosives, according to charges announced by the Justice Department on Monday. Now, what's interesting is, according to this statement here, we should be expecting that they had thousands of rounds and hundreds of guns, tons of tactical gear, tactical trucks, and so on and so forth, while attempting to rig these massive bombs, correct? Let's continue. The men from Gaston County near Charlotte were arrested by federal authorities on Saturday after more than a month's investigation. Walter Eugene Litterall, 50, Christopher James Barker, 41, and Christopher Todd Campbell, Campbell, 30, are accused of stockpiling guns and ammunition, as well as attempting to manufacture pipe bombs and live grenades from military surplus dummy grenades, according to unsealed criminal complaints released Monday. Okay. While attempting. Hold on. Let me continue. The close to 60 pages of information compiled by federal authorities since July include allegations literal plan to make explosives out of tennis balls covered in nails and coffee cans filled with ball bearings. According to the documents, both literal and Campbell, Campbell, I'm going to call him Campbell, spoke openly about their opposition to Jade Helm 15, a series of ongoing special forces training missions in several South, well, thank you very much. That's really rude of you, AP. Um, Southwestern states that has drawn a suspicion from residents who fear it as part of a planned military takeover. In addition to ammunition for a long range 338 caliber rifle, the authorities said literal purchased handheld radios. Oh, that's a crime. Kevlar helmets, oh, that's an even bigger crime. Body are, oh, don't do that. And face masks in preparation for an armed resistance to the feared military occupation. How many people owned handheld radios, Kevlar helmets, body armor, and face masks? First of all, how many people owned handheld radios, let alone that? Because guess what? The feds are investigating you now for it as well. Kevlar helmets, how many people? Body armor, how many people? 
and face masks. Oh, come wintertime, how many people in preparation for an armed resistance to, fear the, to the feared military occupation? Littleall was also planning to purchase an assault rifle with ammunition for Barker, whose past convictions for possession of stolen goods and cocaine barred him from possessing a gun, according to the documents. The FBI began its investigation in mid-June after receiving a tip about Litterall and Barker attempted to make homemade explosives, and later began investigating Campbell based on similar information that he was attempting to reconstruct grenades. Litterall was quoted in the documents calling his planned homemade explosives game changers and authorities allege he planned to test the devices with Barker and Shelby, uh, Shelby, North Carolina. The federal conspiracy charges carry a maximum pen penalty of five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. In addition, Campbell has been charged with a separate firearms charge punishable by 10 years imprisonment and a $10,000 fine. In addition to the FBI agencies assisting in the investigation include North Carolina Highway Patrol, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and the Federal Air Marshal Service, as well as local police in Charlotte, Belmont, Mount Holly, and Gastonia. Okay, I got through that so fast because I want to go back over this part up here. In addition to ammunition, uh, the authorities said literal purchased handheld radios, Kevlar, body armor, and face masks in preparation for an armed resistance to the federal, uh, excuse me, feared military occupation. A few words in here that, that, that are just a little odd to me. Because I really think the big thing about this is that it's a statement. First of all, feds charge three men accused of prepping for martial law. So that's what they're being charged for is pre preparation for martial law. There is nothing else. Because all throughout this document here, there is no saying, there is no wording that they had bombs. All they had were plans. So how can you be arrested, charged, and convicted, not yet, convicted of something that you don't have. You see what I'm saying? In addition to ammunition, for, so buying ammunition for a 338 caliber rifle, it might be illegal in North Carolina. I do not know. I know that North Carolina is an open carry state. I know that you are allowed to have weapons and, and firearms, weapons and firearms, firearms and ammunition, but I do not know how much you can have. I know that in some states that it is illegal to have, uh, excuse me, there's an, a limit on how much ammunition you can have per rifle or per firearm. Um, Body armor and face masks, body armor. Whoa, big no-no. You remember that Condor tactical vest you saw on eBay? You might want to think twice about it. Because if you plan to get it, guess what? You can be charged for prepping for martial law. You see what I'm saying here? There is no, where's the proof that they had pipe bombs? He was attempting to. He did not have them. He had plans Plans to, pipe, to manufacture pipe bombs and live grenades for military uh, surplus dummy grenades. They did not have them. There's a big difference. They're making a, a very interesting attempt here. He planned to make explosives out of tennis balls covered in nails and coffee cans filled with ball bearings. Really? He planned. First of all, that just sounds stupid, but he planned. He did not do. There's a difference. Because according to his charges, which are down here, now, first off, if this guy's guilty, put him away. If he's not, what's the deal? Because from what I'm reading in this article, and according to Associated Press, they got this from released unsealed documents from them. So the federal conspiracy charges, federal conspiracy, what, what, what exactly does that mean? So because they conspired that the U.S. government is planning martial law, they're charged. 
carries a maximum penalty of five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. In addition, Campbell has been charged with a separate firearms charge, punishable by 10 years imprisonment and a $10,000 fine. Okay. In addition to the FBI agencies, that's when it goes into that, but it does not say, literal was quoted in the documents calling his planned homemade explosives game changers. He did not have. I've read this article like four times, so I read it so fast. He, he planned, he attempted, he did not do or have. There's a big difference. So basically, if they do get charged, they're mostly just going to get char- or convicted. They're just going to get convicted with conspiracy. But still, that's even a federal conspiracy charge? Really? For preparations for martial law. That's how you know we've hit tyranny, folks. Because three guys rigging homemade explosives, uh, excuse me, attempting, planning to ring homemade explosives. Being arrested and charged, they were tailed by the FBI for a month, longer than a month, but they didn't have. It's interesting because this is, this is a straight-up statement that they are planning to charge people prepar- preparing for martial law. This is interesting. That's all I got for you. Well, let me say that was interesting. And here I am looking at Donnie Gilson ask me on Facebook, what awaits you in the afterlife? Let's see what Donnie has to say here. In the light of the afterlife, you will find your true self. Here you will get to know yourself in a completely new way and realize the full potential of your beautiful and wise soul. <laughs> Whatever. You can fully develop yourself and find love and self-renewal in the afterlife. You are perfect. Don, please, get a life. Can't believe Don is still goofing around with this new age shit. But, uh, you know, Don and I go back a long way, and we've done a few shows together, and we're going to be doing a few more shows together unless he takes that statement I just made uh, off the cuff and gets pissed off about it. But... Give me a break, folks. Don was doing this kind of shit before he left. He got locked up in the insane asylum, and now he's back doing it again. I don't know what's going on with all these people. I don't get into this afterlife stuff. When you're dead, you're dead and deader. Dead, dead, and deader. So, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, we we live, we die. That's it. Boom. Gone. Out of here. Finito. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's simple. It's sweet. It's quick. It's easy. Uh, there's not a lot of complications going on where you see people being sucked up into heaven with Jesus waiting for them in the clouds and they're all dressed up in their new suits and handbags and, oh, come on, give me a fucking break, people. But anyway, um, the prepper thing was pretty cool, you know, and talking about getting ready. Can I have another, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna OD on Dr. Pepper tonight, uh, you know, talking about getting ready, that was something we didn't talk about, is martial law. And that could happen much, much, much quicker than this other event we were talking about earlier with Planet X. I mean, martial law could just come at any day now. Any day now. Yeah, it could come any day now. I mean, the time is ripe. The time is right. All of the ducks are in a row. All of the planets are lined up. Everything is perfect for martial law right now. 
All it's going to take is just one little slip up and bang, we're in martial law and the United Nations trucks are rolling down your streets in your neighborhood, your communities. So there's another one to prepare for and prep for. Preppers uh, is, is UN and uh, UN soldiers on, on U.S. soil and martial law with a curfew, uh, limited water supply, limited electricity supply. Uh, you're not able to stockpile too much water, too much ration. You'll be arrested. You'll be put in a FEMA camp. All of these things are here. All of these things are real. And all of these things are happening now. Uh, so you need to get ready. You need to get prepared. And those of you that don't want to, to hell with it. Just don't. But I would hate to see you caught with your pants down. I would honestly hate to see you caught without any supplies whatsoever or any training whatsoever. Uh, I would hate to see you caught without first aid kits and uh, 20 or 30 gallons of extra water in gallon jugs and uh, some dry goods, rice and beans and things that won't perish. Uh, I would like to see you prepare a little bit for this event that is coming. I mean, we look, we've got so many events that are potential events that are coming that it's unbelievable. One or two has got to hit uh, pretty quick. Uh, I'm looking. I'm waiting. I'm here. I'm now. I'm, I'm looking for an event to happen. I'm looking out my window right now, just waiting for an event to happen. There are so many different events on the smorgasbord of possibilities that it's really scary. It's exciting. It's dangerous. It's shocking, and it's real. And uh, all of you need to try to bring yourself together spiritually, physically, mentally, and otherwise to try to make some sense out of all this. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to swallow. It's not easy to understand these types of things. For those of us that have been in the business of looking and researching and reading and thinking and pondering these issues, it's much much easier for us and a lot less stressful to think that one or five or ten of these things may be happening. And that's not even to include Yellowstone erupting or one of the other major volcanoes erupting, or the 9.5 earthquake that's expected on the West Coast. So I could go on and on and on, and it sounds like the doomsday man. I am not the doomsday man, although I sound like the doomsday man. Uh, this show is about preparedness, I guess you could say. This show is about being prepared. And, you know... You could take this to your job. You could take this information to your work. You could take this information to your where you play, your recreation. You could take this information. Prepare. Be prepared. Prepare your children. Prepare your spouse. Prepare your family. Prepare your coworkers. I know that there are a lot of people out there that are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think that you're insane. They're going to think that you need to take psychotropic drugs. 
But that's the chance you'll have to take. I know that many of you are already having trouble with your family. I talk to you every day. You're already having trouble with your family thinking you're crazy. You're already having trouble with your coworkers and your friends thinking you've lost your mind, lost your marbles. But let me tell you something, friends. I'd rather be prepared than be caught short because I can envision these things in my mind. I have an imagination where I can envision all of these horrible things happening. And I can see uh, what the outcomes are going to be and what kind of position that's going to put me and my loved ones in. And I try to prepare in my mind what I would do in case of this, that, or the other. And you need to be doing the same thing. Um, And then again, of course, I know you have to run your life. You still have to go to work and come home and feed the kids. And I know that you have to do your, your everyday thing. And I know that you have to blend in and be somewhat normal. You can't be the crazy guy on the block who's always talking about the conspiracy theories, although some of you are. <laughs> some of you do. I've talked to two of you in the last two days who who do. One's gone to jail. One's been put in jail for talking about this stuff with his neighbors. Locked up. <laughs> put, put behind bars and tried to put him in the federal penitentiary. And he got away. Uh, he, he he managed to get out by playing the game. I told him, matter of fact, two friends. Uh, one almost went to the penitentiary for talking this kind of stuff to neighbors. And the other one uh, was, was arrested and put in a uh, mental lockup for talking about these very things that we're talking about tonight. And now my producer's working on a new, she's the secretary of the board up here. She's working on a new bill, has been, it was tabled for a while or question or whatever, about family members being able to lock people up on a whim. Just make a phone call and say, you need to lock Joe up. And okay, here comes the cops, they lock him up. You know, that's a draconian bill that we've been looking at and reading. I've been studying some of it. I've got some some of it here on my uh, table. Um and so it's things like this that we need to work at locally with the municipalities and the cities, the things that you all need to participate in. This is where your voice counts. This is where your voice is inclusive. This is where your voice makes a difference, is to be able to get out there on the front line and join some of these boards and sit in on some of these boards as a consumer or a peer or a psychiatrist or a doctor or whatever you are, a nurse, a nonprofit director, Get out there. Get involved. You know, just because you are one of those professions doesn't mean that you have to sit on boards or doesn't mean that you do sit on boards. But believe me, things can get done sitting on these boards. They do work. And believe me, I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I'm a pessimist. And I say they do work, and I say we can make things happen at the local level. That's where it all starts, and that's where it all ends, at the local community level. Boy, I'm getting excited talking about this stuff. Um, I think my producer is working on pulling up another video on the Murphy Bill or something, uh, someone talking about the Murphy Bill. Now, that would be nice to hear it talked about. That would really be cool to hear this Murphy Bill talked about, because if passed, it would have set mental health back 50 years, in my opinion. Um 
but uh, you know, how many of you have time to come home and 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 go through all of these bills and things that are in the House and the Senate, and you know, you simply don't have time. So you leave it up to guys like me and girls out there in alternative public radio to bring you the stories in compact form and condensed form. See, that's 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 another reason why we're here, folks, and that's another reason why you need to support alternative public radio because that's what we do. We're here for you when you can't be here. We're gathering up the things that you you don't have time to gather up. We're We're grabbing the information you don't have time to grab, and we're condensing the information and putting it in a user-friendly, readable form so you don't have to. You can just come on the air or go onto my pages and just read it right there, condensed and ready to go. So that's another reason why you need to support alternative public radio in, in all of its forms. And, of course, I ask you to support APRIbroadcasting.org. That's APRIbroadcasting.org. And I also ask you to follow me on uh, Twitter and Facebook and many other places, Kyler Davenport. That's Kyler, K-I-L-E-R, Davenport. I will be on the Friday night super show with Lee Peer and Dennis Ford tomorrow night, going live at 6 p.m. Pacific time uh, on the Friday night super show with Lee Peer and Dennis Ford tomorrow night. So that's going to be a really powerful, packed show, three-hour show, two-hour show, whatever it is. You have something for us, producer? Okay, we're going to go ahead and go with this, ladies and gentlemen. Kyler Davenport here. We'll be back in just a minute. Here's another clip. in these United States. About 60 million Americans in any given year will have some diagnosable mental illness from the very mild transient ones, which we all experience, to more severe ones. About 11 or 12 million Americans with serious mental illness, and sadly about 4 million of those with serious mental illness who are not in treatment. Those are the ones who we should be most concerned about. Part of the reason they're not in treatment is they can't access services, and a big part of it is the nature of their illness. About 40% of those people with serious mental illness do not even recognize they have a problem, similar to some with Alzheimer's, dementias, or head injury, where uh, they simply have something called anosognosia. They are not aware. We want to make sure that we're able to reach out to them, help families get more involved, and change the trajectory of their lives instead of going down that road of, uh, of demise where many of them die 25 years sooner from other medical complications, et cetera, to one of hope and compassion. What do you, as, we, as, as we wrap up, what do you feel is the biggest hurdle here? Is it the cost, as other lawmakers see it, or is just a misunderstanding about mental illness as a whole? There's a misunderstanding of what mental illness is, and there's a misunderstanding of what this bill does. Look, there are some groups that want to maintain the status quo. I get it. Some of them want to keep their jobs and do the same thing. But we have a failing system. While we've seen decreases in mortality rate for heart disease, AIDS, auto accidents, cancer, we've seen increasing uh, rates of suicide and substance abuse deaths. Suicide this year will be 41 thousand deaths and 1.2 million suicide attempts. Uh, we cannot keep going the same way we are, but that means a lot of members of Congress have to understand we have to make some substantial changes. We have to change the way some agencies practice here. We've had two GAO, General Accounting Office, reports to say the main agency, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, wastes a lot of its money on frivolous
frivolous grants, doesn't even track those grants, and doesn't even spend the money on people with mental illness. That's critically what we have to do in this nation. As the only practicing mental health professional in the federal government, and I've had 40 years of experience in this area, and as with 23 different mental health organizations supporting this bill, we've got to do it. The time is now, lives are at stake, not only those who are maybe victims of crime, which includes the mentally ill, uh, but those family members who've been suffering in the shadows for too long. Tim Murphy is the Republican uh, from a Pennsylvania sponsor of this comprehensive mental health bill. Good luck to you, sir. Well, that was the Murphy bill, and I didn't hear anything bad in there at all. Producer, what am I missing? He was painting it over. Yeah, well, that was amazing how media can do that, isn't it, folks? Paint things over. Now, that was really, really painted over because I have the full uh, report on my desk of the Murphy bill, and what he was saying was definitely not what is in the bill. Uh, There was some smoozing, schmoozing, and boozing going on there, I can tell you right now. This bill will definitely set mental health back 50 years. And as I understand, it's either been quashed or tabled or changed. Uh, they've set it back for reorganization, reimplementation, whatever. I will keep you posted on the bill. And I know many of you are wondering, what is the bill? What is the bill? I'll go over it on the next show in some detail as to what the draconian parts are, the terrible, horrible, horrific parts are to the bill that might set us back what, in my opinion, 50 years in uh, mental health. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. I tell you, we've had so many things going on. And uh, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about Facebook, uh, people not getting to promote their goods and services and their creative works like they want to. And I want you all to really think about your time wasted on Facebook. You know, I was becoming a Facebook addict there for a few weeks, looking at my numbers, trying to keep them up above 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, organic, 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 uh, with a uh, whatever it's called, engagement, post-engagement of 500, 500, 500, 500. I was trying to keep those numbers up, and it'll drive you nuts, and it'll literally put you into a depression And I stopped doing it, and now I've completely just forgotten about those numbers. I don't care about them anymore, and I'm doing much better in my external world. I'm actually getting something accomplished outside of Facebook and the newsroom and the radio show. I'm actually taking it to the streets, taking the radio show to the streets, taking the news to the streets, taking the newsletter to the streets, going out there, getting ready to meet the people uh, and talk to them about these different issues. And that's what I do best, and that's what I enjoy, and that's what I'm passionate about. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm getting older, uh, and I'm getting better. I'm seasoned. I'm very seasoned. And uh, I feel sorry for some of you young folks who are uh, disrespecting your elders. And uh, I really do feel sorry for you young folks. You need to have your ass kicked for disrespecting your elders. And there's a lot of you out there that need a good ass whooping. And uh, I wish I could just be there to do it or see it done. Um, You're spoiled rotten, and you've grown up uh, with a sugar tit in your mouth, and you haven't really experienced real life, and I feel sorry for you. But uh, your elders need to be respected. They have great wisdom. They have great knowledge. They have great skill, great talent, great experience, and you need to respect them. Give them all the respect they're due. And I ask all of you adults earlier, get out and visit a nursing home. Get out and visit the sick. Um, 
it's kind of the odd thing to do nowadays. People just don't do it like they used to uh, since we've grown up and uh, we've expanded into these cities. We don't do it as much as we used to do. It doesn't have to be a part of an organization. You can just go do it yourself. Just go visit. Tell the nursing home you want to go visit. Tell them you want to join their volunteer program. Uh, Go to a hospital and try to join a volunteer program. Uh, Of course, everything's become so politically correct now that you probably can't do it. They probably won't allow you to say what you want to say or do what you want to do or think what you want to think, so you're probably going to be limited even at a nursing home. They're making it every... They're making it difficult everywhere for people who are passionate and want to get out there and visit and do things good. They're making it really difficult for people to do that. In this politically correct world of liability, everybody's afraid of being sued, you know. So it's very hard. But I encourage all of you to keep trying. Um, And I'm going to say in the Northwest here, our mental health project, and you know who uh, we are out there, folks, uh, Carla and others know who we are, need more volunteers. And I'm going to say that publicly here that we really do need volunteers and a strong volunteer program. I thought that's what NAMI was going to do. I thought that's what NAMI should do. And NAMI has not done that. And I'm very disappointed in them and many other organizations for not pushing for volunteers. Sometimes I don't think they know what volunteers should do or could do, and other times I think they're worried about the malpractice and the liability of having volunteers on staff. But I tell you what, there's a much greater liability in my mind not having volunteers than there are having volunteers. So I think all of you should really stop and think about that as much as possible. And let us see if we can't uh, get out of the box a little bit, think out of the box and get some volunteer programs going. This CAT team community action team is a good example of that. We'll see how that goes and use that as a pilot program and then we might uh, segue into some other programs and projects and missions and special events from the CAT team, mobile information unit. So um, I'm going to put this show out to the Northwest uh, board boards and I'm going to let them take this home with them and listen to it and see if they can't get something out of this Many of these folks need to think way out of the box. Many of these folks are so locked up in the bureaucratic box, they'll never get out. Many of these folks are so politically correct, they'll never be able to speak a word of real English. Uh, They'll never be able to express themselves like they really do want to and need to express themselves. And I encourage all of you to be free speech advocates and to speak your mind. Be self-empowered enough to say what's on your mind without feeling like you're going to offend someone. Uh, because I think it's time to offend. It's time to get serious. It's time to go head-to-head, and it's time to work out some of these most difficult problems that we are all facing as a nation right now. And uh, speaking for my city itself, we have many, many problems here that uh, are spun from bureaucracy and political correctness and bullshit and fraud and criminality and... uh, hypertaxation and statutes and ordinances that shouldn't be there and everything else. Uh, But there again, people don't study those things. And this is the problem. Um, But I'm going to get off this thing. I feel good. Had a good show. feel good about it. And I'm going to be getting this show out to those who need to listen. 
and um, I want to say hi to everyone on the Lane County uh, Advisory Board, and I know that we're going to make a success of this CAT team, uh, this mobile information unit, and I hope that all of you can start thinking out of the box, get out of the political correct box, and start using your heads for something besides a hat rack, and uh, come up with some innovative ideas, and uh, let us put those forward. Let us put those proposals on the table and let us start some pilot projects and let us get some dynamic uh, results, return on our investment. And uh, I'm also going to encourage all of you to listen to Alternative Public Radio International with myself, Mr. Kyler Davenport, uh, Bureau Chief here. We are on four to five nights a week, depending on how I feel. And uh, I'm on other networks and other programs, which I will be posting on my page. We are well-known around the world. We are growing daily. We are a 24-hour station. And uh, I want to thank my co-host last night, Edward Johnston, for coming on with me and enlightening us and refreshing us on some of these things concerning our republic, our once great republic. Uh, Ed, thank you. I know you're out there listening. Thank you very much. Uh, for all of your information and hard work, and I know you're going to be coming back on with me, uh, I think, Sunday night, and we're going to have the roundtable on Sunday night. That ought to be a lot of fun, so we'll expect you all there at 7 p.m. Pacific time at APRI. Until next time, this is Davenport, and I'm out of here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.